you god bless you you just heard from reverend paul jones again that's reverend paul jones i won't complain i know many of you out there in radio land that you are not complaining because you are grateful for waking up in the land of the living you are grateful mute your phone i hear people coughing and moving in papers mute your phone so we can hear from my special preacher tonight But as I said, I know you won't complain because you have woke up in the land of the living, breath in your body, exercise of your limb. Truly, God has been good to you, especially during this time of COVID. Well, it's a Thursday night. From 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, we have the man of God himself who can rightly divide the word of truth, who have that wisdom gift. I'll say it again. He has that wisdom gift. None other than I heard.
heard some noise again, but none other than the burning bush with Apostle Alexander Lockamy. God bless you, sir. Yes, good evening. Good evening to you as well. So I'm asking everyone at this time to mute their phones so we can hear him clearly. This is a sensitive microphone. It picks up coughs, rattling, paper, sneezing. If you cut in the line, it's a very sensitive mic. I'm going to try to uh, just close everything out so we can hear him clearly. But I want to give you a little background about Apostle, that when I went to Hampton University to the Minister's Conference some years back, and I saw this young man walking across the field, and I kept looking at him, and I saw the glory light of God. I said, oh, my God, he's walking. And I know the sun is out, but he's going with the sun. He's just walking across the field. And I said, I know that man is anointed and appointed. He must be an apostle, a disciple of God. And, you know, at the Baptist conference, you have about eight or 9,000 ministers that's always in attendance every year and that um, they come from all over the country and the world to this event. And I was there as well for a refresher. And I walked up to him. I said, are you a pastor? Are you a bishop? Are you a pastor? And he said yes. And matter of fact, he said yes to all three. (laughs) So we thank God for Apostle Lockamy. He's out of Irwin, North Carolina, with his beautiful wife, who is the first lady they are my godparents. I love them dearly. And, Dad, I'm telling you, it's nothing you can ask him in the word of God that he cannot give biblical references and also revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. So let's sit back and, and enjoy the man of God. Remember, tell your neighbor, tell your friends, call in on Thursday where you can hear none other than Apostle Lockamy. God bless you again, sir. We ready to get started? Yes. You know, we like to give flowers where flowers are due, so we was trying to give you your accolades. We received the flowers, and thank you. They were pretty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, I got a question. What is all of this commotion and everything that's stirred up and everybody talking about the Holy Week? What is the Holy Week? Well... It represents the 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 the, uh, the happening before Jesus rose from the dead. You know, uh, it's supposed to be like the day he, a few days that he, you know, before he got out of the grave. This is kind of like the the, the barrier about the barrier. This kind of like the barrier this afternoon. He's been buried. You know what I'm saying? And then he's gonna get up. He's gonna get up on Sunday morning. But this is kind of the format before the great event of Jesus getting up out of the grave. So we are, people are, are celebrating, you know, uh, celebrating his, uh, the sacrifices he made. He, he died on the cross and went into the grave. And so now this is an event where Satan doesn't like. This is an event where he thinks he has conquered. He thinks he has won. He thinks he has crucified our Lord and saving his over with, but he just didn't know that this is only the beginning of a breakthrough, of a brand new thing for all of us. Wow. So this is a celebration of our death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Truly, that is a celebration. And tomorrow, we're supposed to have, well, we are going to have our Good Friday service to all our listeners. 
We will have our Good Friday service starting at 7 o'clock p.m. Tell family and friends to dial that 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-527-6036. We're going to have none other than some nice speakers as well as our Apostle Alexander Lockamy. We will have Reverend Leroy Rice. We are going to have Dr. James Ellis Jones, Pastor Gaskin. Truly, we are going to have a good time uh, in reference to those seven last words. People ask, what are the seven last words, Dad? Well, I do not have them before me at the moment. I had them on a, on a piece of paper there. And so since you asked, I didn't know you were going to ask me about it. So, No, I, I'm just uh, saying what? What does it mean? People say we're going to hear the seven last words. We don't need to know each and every one of the words, but what does it mean talking about them seven last words? Why is it so important or significant? Well, because those are the last things. It's kind of like your child. Your child is dying or, 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 you know, a loved one dying, and they said something important at the bedside, and you want to remember that because that's important. They may say to you, take care of your big brother or take care of your sister or or, or, or take care of your aunt or they leave something very important to promise me this. And these words you remember because those words are important, those last words that, that your loved one said right by the bedside. So Jesus said these seven things by the bedside, and they are important, and that's why we want to remember them when he said, I thirst, and, you know, and, 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 and come to thy hand, I commend my spirit. These things, we remember those because our Lord and Savior did that on the cross for us, and certainly it's a blessing to remember those seven things that he did. Wow. You know, it's a little puzzling People say, how could it be tomorrow is a Good Friday, but that's when he was hung on a cross. Why is it a Good Friday, Dad? Because it is it's good, because if he had not hung on the cross and not died on that cross for our sins, we, we wouldn't have the right to the tree of life. So that's the good part about it, that he gave, God gave his gifts. He gave his son who sacrificed on the cross, so he died. Yet if he had not died, then, then he could not have rose. He had to die down the road. So they're looking at the resurrection, but they don't understand he could not have rose unless he first died. So the importance of his death on the cross there, when he said it was finished, that, that was more than one could even imagine. That was a great statement that he made. And that's a sermon in itself. And I'm going to preach on tonight, but that is a sermon. When he said it is finished, he meant that in so many ways that it would blow your mind and it would take all day to try to tell it. Wow. So you heard it, everyone, that Good Friday, it alludes to John 3:16, like Dad said, and that because he died, that now we have eternal life. Truly, this is a man of God. I'm going to turn the broadcast over to him at this time. Sit back and relax. And it's none other than Apostle Alexander Lockamy. Amen. We count the privilege and the opportunity for God allowed the apostle to to allow us to uh, be on the broadcast this afternoon because with millions of people in the world and many of many other apostles, with many other pastors and prophets and teachers, and she could lose you to anyone she wanted to, but she gave us an opportunity, and I count it a privilege. An apostle, thank you for allowing God to use you. For the Bible said we are strength one to the other. And the Bible said that we will find favor in sight of God and man, and I thank God for finding favor in your sight. You could have gave that favor to someone else. May God bless you. 
in so many ways, not only me, but many others. You have been such a blessing to us, so we're going to give you some back some flowers for allowing us to do this, because this would have never happened. No one will never hurt my voice if you have not allowed God to use you. we got to learn how that God works through people. We got so many people coming. I don't want nothing to do with people. I love the Lord. He's this and he's that. And and if it weren't for the Lord, I would not make it. People can't do nothing for me. Well, that's the biggest mistake you ever did make when you said that people can't do nothing for you. I know we sing songs like I don't need nobody else. I want to serve notice. We do need one another. We need each other. God made it so that we need each other. We got to have, I'm on, I'm on this afternoon. I'm on this program this afternoon, not for me. I'm on this program for you. I hope and pray that something that I say will find you right where you're at. Now, if what I say don't find you where you're at, then it's in vain for me to be on. But the Bible said, be not like the fool when you go to church and say, he ain't talking to me. If you go to church and you ain't making your pastor talk to you that day, you might as well stay home and look at TV because you wasted your time. God speaks to us in so many different ways. We all, ain't nobody arrived, ain't nobody so anointed, so caught up in the Lord that, that they can't hear something from the Lord on Sunday morning from the preacher. God can use whosoever he will, a child, if he wants to, if he wants to speak to you. So I count it a privilege, hope that he say something through me that will help you this afternoon, because he said he ascended on high, and he gave gifts unto men for the edifying of the spirit, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the turning down of stronghold, for the perfecting of the saints. God gave me my gift, not for me to exalt myself or boss myself, but God gave me this gift to edify you, to perfect you to make you a better person. And this is what our gifts are. We get caught all up in our gifts and we get to praising ourselves. And God can't use the bless nobody because we're trying to bless our own self. God gave you that gift for you to help somebody else come out of darkness and the light, somebody weak to become strong, somebody blind to become see, somebody lame to walk. God gave you that gift for the benefit of somebody. And yes, it's going to be a blessing to you obeying God, but the gift is for helping someone else. Jesus said he came. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel uh, uh, to the poor, to set at liberty those that are bruised. He came to help somebody. He came to make a difference, to set the captives free. And that's what our gift is for. So this afternoon, I hope my gift will set somebody free. What God gave me, God gave me a word this afternoon to talk about forgiving, forgiveness. I said, God, people don't hear that and hear that. God said there's so many people in the, in, the, in the spiritual realm, so many people that say they've been born again, so many people that say they are Christian and got unforgiveness in their heart. The scripture says, that Matthew said, it says, he said that if we don't forgive one another our trespass, their trespass, neither will God forgive us. Let's go to Matthew, the 18th chapter, for you that have your Bible. The 18th chapter of Matthew. And we're going to teach a little bit uh, out of the word of God. Let the word back it up. Out of the 18th chapter of Matthew, the, the 21st verse. We're going to begin at the 21st verse. And while you're finding it, it reads, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Kill seven times. Peter was concerned about how many times you should forgive a person. And you know how we are. Mess with me over one one time, I'm through with you. Christian folk, love the Lord, born again, write you off in a heartbeat. Act like you act like you done committed a hideous crime. 
And all you, all it was, they heard that you talked about them. I said something behind their back. They don't want no more to do with you. They don't throw the relationship away. Let somebody come and tell them a lie, and they'll break up a, a relationship that's been going on a long time. The Bible said that bite, bite, and whispering, tail burn, could break up the chiefest friend. So I see friends that have been friends for a long time falling out over silly stuff, falling out over nothing, falling out over because somebody else said it. They didn't go to find out what is true. They didn't search it out. They didn't investigate it. They didn't dissect it to see what was true. But believe what somebody said and quit talking to that person, wrote that person off, took their name out of their phone book. But we've been born again. We are different. If we're not going to be different, then we're wasting our time calling ourselves a Christian. We are different. God called us to be different. So Paul wanted to know, Peter wanted to know here uh, how many times. But let's see what Jesus said. Jesus said on the 22nd verse, and unto him, I say not unto thee unto seven times, but into 70 times 7. 70 times. So in other words, say 70 and multiply 70 times or 7 times and you will get your answer. Multiply 70, 7 times, and you will see just how many times that you're supposed to forgive your brother in one day. When you forgive someone, you don't keep talking about it. This is how you know you forget forget somebody because when their name come up, you get agitated, you get aggravated, you get angry, you get upset, you start talking, they mess up your day. As soon as their name come up, now you want to talk about the, uh, the rest of the day. It's over. The Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. It's over. I don't know what they did to you, and, 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 and no more been done to you than done to nobody else. We've all been done wrong. Maybe not want the same thing, but we all have been hurt. We all have had our children hurt. We have been hurt by everyone. So we have to do, all have to do the same thing. Jesus said, we give. He said, if you don't forgive them, he said, neither will I forgive you. Now, understand God's not a lying God. This is Jesus talking. He told us to forgive. You, it, it, we got loved ones, family members, family reunion. I see all this stuff going on at funerals. Folks, they're talking about they say you've been born again and got malice in their heart, got animosity in their heart. They get they, ill at the family member, mad. And I was just talking to someone the other day, calling them names, and they and they, they couldn't find it. They were angry because mama had left something other that they thought she should have left to them. I, 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 we would fall out over bedroom suits and living room suits and dining room suits and cars and land. When 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 the love for one another is supposed to be far more stronger than material things. God requires love for one another. You can have that living room suit. You can have that tractor. You can have that lawnmower in the backyard. I just want to have your love as a brother and a sister, as a family member. That's more important to me because I can get some material things. I'm not going to hell because of, of a John Deere lawnmower in the backyard when I can forgive you and go buy one myself at Lowe's. So we want to thank God for that. Now, Jesus said 70 times 70. Then he said, therefore, in the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would have taken account of his servant. Other words, he was checking up on his uh, servants that worked with him. Because you know you have sometimes people be cheating on you and, and nipping off the book a little bit there and taking a little money out the treasury of secretaries and different things. So he wanted to check up on them and see uh, what was happening. And, and, and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten talent. Now, after checking the record, he come to find out that he got a servant here that is in debt that owed him a lot of money and ain't paid it yet. 
And he had time to pay it, and he ain't paid. And here he is in debt. For but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had a payment to be made. Now, in those days, in the Bible days, where you do not know it, if you owe someone something and couldn't pay them, they could have you locked up in prison until the debt get paid. Now, how are you going to pay a debt if you locked up in prison? That means you're going to be there for a long time and let somebody come walk it up and love you enough, friend enough to you, and say, here, I'm going to pay your debt. And not only is he fit to get locked up, his wife fit to get locked up, his children fit to get locked up, his whole family fit to get locked up because uh, he owed his debt. Let's read a little further. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee. Now, it's good that, that the servant was compassionate. He, 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 he was sorrowful that he owed the king, owed the man, and he said, I'll pay. Please don't throw my family in the prison. Please don't throw me in the prison. Please give me a chance. With tears in his eyes, now listen, this man got tears in his eyes, and, 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 and the king is looking at him, and he, he feels sorry for him. He, he's crying to him, saying, please give me a chance. I can't pay this debt if I'm locked up in prison. Let us read. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Now, isn't that so nice? Because he would come to cry, because he felt sorry. He didn't say, well, I'm going to give you a chance to go work at me off. He didn't do that. He could have said, well, okay, I'm going to give you a chance to go and get you a job, find you a job Monday morning, and I want you to pay me a little bit of, a week, a little bit a month until you pay the debt. It said that he forgave him the debt. Otherwise, he don't owe any. He tears moved it to the Lord, and he forgave him of everything. But, 28 verse, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Now, remember now, up here, he owed the, the Lord 10,000 talents. He went out and found a man that owed him hardly nothing. Maybe it was $3.50, $5. It doesn't say. He went down there and owed him a pen, 100 pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thy owes. Now, remember, the Lord earlier, who he owed 10,000 10, talents, did not take him by the throat. All he said, throw him in jail and in his family. So he don't forgave him. He goes down the road, find out a man that don't owe him nothing. This parable is for a reason. It's sort of to, to, to make us aware of something, and I'll get to that in a minute. Now he goes down and find a man that don't owe him nothing and takes him by the throat. Not only did he say, pay me, the man said, I can't pay you, sir. I don't have any money. Said the same thing he said earlier to the, to the Lord. Now, he goes down there, and a man said the same thing he said that he said to the Lord, and it looked like he would have been merciful and gracious since that he just got released from 10,000 talents. 29th verse, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and brought and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He fell on his feet. He already choked the man. He already down on his knee. He didn't choke him. And now he fell down on his feet and begged him again, please, sir, please give me a chance to pay you. I will pay you. Third is verse, and he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Went and told the man and sold him in prison. The man begged him. Now, here is the man that owed him a $5, and he owed the other man 
Uh, for example, he owed the Lord $5,000, and the Lord forgave him, and he went down and found a man that owed him a $5, and he wouldn't forgive him, and he threw him in the jail. So, 31st verse, so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they, went, they were very sorrowful and came and told it to the Lord all that was done. Now the word got back to the Lord because they felt sorry for that man. How could he do that? Well, here he was forgiven for all that money earlier, $5,000. He goes down here and choke a man for $5. How could he be so cold? How could he be so callous that he would be so forgetful? forgetful that he just was forgiven for 5000 and he go choke a man for $5. Now the word gets back to the Lord. Let's see what the Lord does about that. Then the Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, unto, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desired it. I upward, I didn't ask you to go make payment. I gave you, I forgave you for all that debt, because you desired me to do it. Because you cried to me and asked me. I can't forgive you. 33rd verse, should it not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Other words, look what I look how look how look how compassionate I was. Look how I just forgave you for everything. Should you not went to that man? You shouldn't have said nothing to him. You should have told him, man, keep that $5. You don't owe me nothing. You should have showed him justice, compassion, just as I shall give. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the torment, till he should have paid all that that was due unto him. So likewise should my heavenly Father do unto you, if ye from your heart forgive not everyone his brother, their trespass. Now we get back to the part I mentioned earlier. The parable was given for a purpose. Because see what God forgave us for, it, we can't even measure it. It can't even be compared to what somebody owe us. No matter what they owe us, it can't be compared to Jesus died on the cross for our soul, for our sin. The price God paid, he provided Bible says for God to love the world, that he gave his only begotten son. God gave his son. He gave the best thing he had. He gave everything he had. And that ain't no comparison to what somebody hurt you, what somebody said about your feelings, talked about you behind your back, or they did this to your child, or they hurt your daughter. That ain't nothing compared to the love and mercy of God. Look how many sins God forgave us for. We have been sitting ever from our youth until the time we got saved. You couldn't even count the many sins we committed. And God would just in one moment by the shedding of his blood, by the speaking of his word, he forgave us for all those sins. And now this man said to go to jail, and he ain't going to never get out no more. Not only is he not going to get out, he said take him to the tormentor. In other words, they're going to be beating his back while he's trying to bust them rocks and while he's whatever, hard labor. He said to go into hard labor. Ain't going to be able, ain't going to tell him how long he's going to stay there because he can't pay that debt. His family and everything else going to be thrown in the with him just because he failed to be compassionate. Now, the scripture said in the last verse, 35th verse, and so likewise shall my heavenly father, talking about his daddy, God, Jesus talking about God Almighty, and do unto you, that means though whoever we be that be hard-headed, and, 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 and from our heart, see, <coughs> please forgive me, <coughs> excuse me, 
And you can't forgive from your mouth. You got to forgive from your heart. And this is what we got going on now. We got a lot of Christian folks forgiving from their mouth, and they're not forgiving from their heart. When you forgive from your heart, their actions is behind it. That man didn't forgive from his heart. He went there and threw that man in there and throw him in jail for five dollars. Act like he didn't even know that he'd been forgiven a few moments ago. You got to realize that and, and, and get this thing, let it go. When you don't forgive, you don't do nothing but cheat your own self. When you don't forgive, you don't do nothing but hurt your own self. When you don't do nothing but uh, put a, loop, a noose around your own neck. Then, then not only do you bring a burden, you bring animosity in your heart. You get bitterness start building up in your heart. Resentment start building up in your heart. That's why you start walking around turning up your nose at somebody. Can't speak to nobody. Lose your joy. You ain't no way you can keep joy and, and, and not forgive. Ain't no way you can keep a smile and not forgive. A lot of people put on a front. They put on that clown face. They act like they're all happy and everything, but yet they're mad inside at somebody. Do you know it's a dangerous thing not to forgive? Your soul is on the line when you don't forgive. My myself tonight was the spiritual danger of not forgiving. The spiritual danger is a spiritual, not a natural danger. It's a spiritual danger because God, this is not uh, this is not a choice. I want to share this to the radio world. Forgiveness is not a choice. It is a commandment. It is a commandment by God. It's not an option. You don't choose whether you want to forgive or not. God commanded it so that we forgive one another. And he said it so clear. If you don't forgive your brother his trespass, neither will I forgive you. I was asking God concerning Christian people, and all this is going on and how folks are so sick and they don't look like they won't get well the more you pray for them. Look like you pray for him and look like they, you know, God said he's a healer. I said, God, you say you're a healer. And I pray with these people and look like that. The sickness is not going over a year for a year. They just say sickness for years and years. God, what's going on? God told me they got unforgiveness in their heart. He said, many, not everybody now, please don't misunderstand me. He said, many of them got unforgiveness. I said, tell them to search their heart. He said, I want to forgive them. He said, but they won't obey me. They won't forgive. He said they know they're sick. They know they're afflicted. They know they got infirmity, and they're sitting here with unforgiveness in their heart. God said, I can't go beyond my word. I can't go over what I said and heal them. He said, I'd be lying if I do that, because I said if they don't forgive me and the trespass, neither would I forgive them. And God said they won't forgive one another. They sit right up in the pulpit, sitting on the quiet thing, sitting at the usher board, on the trustee board, sitting out there in the congregation with the title of a Christian. And got unforgiveness in the heart. I reminded I was at a funeral a few a, a, a year or so ago, and, and and I preached about unforgiveness, and I preached about how we we got unforgiveness in the heart. We go we go to our family reunion, we won't speak to one another, and we got we are angry and upset with one another, and sat in different tables from one another because we mad at one another. They won't go and try to fix the problem. And at the end of the sermon, end of the funeral, this guy came to me and told me that he hadn't spoke to his brother in 15 years. He had tears in his eyes. He said, Pastor, thank you, Apostle, for preaching. He said, I never heard that preach at no funeral before because people are always preaching funeral messages. He said, but thank you for obeying God and preaching about forgiveness. He said, I'm going right now to South Carolina. He said, he ain't got to come to me. I'm going to him. I'm going to my brother right now. And then I said, you that been born again, you you got to be the bigger person. See, somebody got to be the bigger person. Somebody got to lay down their, 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 their offering. And the Bible says, 
if you come to the altar and you find out that you have off against your brother, the Bible said leave the guilt at the altar and go to that brother. He didn't say that you had to be guilty. He said if you think it that they got off against you, if you think they're mad at you about something, leave the guilt at the altar. And the Bible said go your way and get it right. Then come back and offer up your gift. God ain't, God ain't crazy about our gift we offer him when we're standing around with malice in the heart one to another. We're angry at one another. And then we're going to fill the altar with all those apples and oranges and peaches and pearls and bananas, all these gifts we call we have it. Like, look here, God, look at my gift. God said, yeah, look here, you ain't forgave your sister. You ain't forgave your brother. You ain't forgave your brother-in-law. You ain't forgave your sister-in-law. You're mad at the pastor. You're mad at the pastor wife. You're mad at the cousin. You ain't been to the family union that they had because you sitting around animosity, huh? Because they said this about you. They said that about you. Or you thought they said this about you. And now here it is, your heart full of malice, your heart full of bitterness. Don't we know that if we're going to serve God, Paul said if we're going to call the name of Christ, are we not act like him? Christ ain't walking around with unforgiveness in his heart. Christ is not walking around with compassion in his heart. If we're going to call the name of Christ, then we need to act like a Christian. It's time. We, see, reading the world ain't coming in because we that in the church ain't doing the part we're supposed to play. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't walking in his will. We're not walking in the way. They walk in the church, and we sit in there all mad at one another. They heard we were fighting last Sunday in the Sunday folk, and here we're trying to save the law, and we're acting like we lost ourselves. It's time to do it God's way. It's time to forgive one another. If someone listens to me, if you call yourself the name of Christ, and this ain't even got to be for the saved, it could be for the lost too. If you know you got anger in your heart, only you can get that anger out. Nobody else can't do it. You've got to make up your mind that you're tired of being angry at that person. Uh, forget about it. Go buy you another shovel. No, they didn't bring you your shovel back. Uh, you can get one for $9 and some change at Roses. And if you don't, I'll send you one through the mail. You can get a shovel. You can get a hoe. You can get another a pick for it. Don't let a shovel and a hoe and a pick for it. Don't let something that somebody didn't bring you back your umbrella and you still talking about it. You don't mess up their reputation. Now, if they do bring you back your, rep your umbrella, you don't mess the reputation up. They can't get that back. You know, when we say things about one another, when we hurt one another feeling, when we put people's name out on, on the, on the uh, signboard, you can't take it back. I reminded of a lady, and I won't call her name because she's passed now, but I reminded of a lady in our church. She was a, 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 a Christian lady, and she would always talk to the children on Sunday morning when they called the children around the altar. And so she bought about all the children at the altar, and there were about 15 of them, and she took some lotion. And she put a drop of lotion in every one of those children's hand, and she told the children to rub the lotion in. Then they took the lotion and rubbed it in their hand. Then she went back to each one of them children and said, give my lotion back. They said, they said, we can't do that. She said, I want my lotion back. Give me my lotion back. They said, we can't give your lotion back. It's it gone. It's in our skin. We can't give it back. It's impossible for them to get that lotion back out of their hand and put it back in the bottle. And this is why God telling us to deceive it. Once you say something to hurt somebody's feeling, once you say something to offend somebody, it's impossible for you to take it back. I know you were sorry. I know you were mad at that time. So I was mad. I was mad. Yeah, but you can't take back what you said. That's why the scripture said, be careful how we offend one another. Better that a millstone be tied about our neck and we be cast in the sea. Do we not know we are brothers and sisters? We ain't supposed to hurt one another. Brothers and sisters ain't supposed to lie on one another. Brothers and sisters ain't supposed to fall at one another. We are spiritual brothers and sisters. We've been born again. We've been bought with a price. We belong to Jesus. Oh, to God be the glory. So the Bible said that 
uh, in Matthew 6 and 14, it tells us that if you don't forgive your brother and trespass, neither will God forgive you. Just listen to that. Neither will God forgive you. You got to forgive. There's no else must about it. You must forgive. Let's talk about Esau and Jacob. You know the story of Esau and Jacob, and I'll be short with that. Esau and Jacob, how that Jacob, uh, Esau were mad at Jacob because Jacob took his birthright. I mean, he's angry. This boy mad. This boy is killing mad. And he told he, his word was to Jacob, I'm going to kill you. This is his brother now. He said, I'm going to kill you. And so Jacob had to run for his life in order to keep his brother from killing. After the funeral, the mama had to pack him up some stuff. He had to go to his uncle's house to keep Esau from killing him. But what I like about it is that 20 years went by, and Esau is on his way back home. I don't know when it happened. I don't know who said anything to Esau. I don't know what God sent an angel to him. But all I know is Esau did not hold the grudge against Jacob. Jacob thought Esau was going to kill him, take his wife. He had three bands. And he separated them and sent one one way to some another way. Because he said, well, maybe if Esau attacked this or here, the rest of them would get away. But he was, he was mighty surprised when he got there and found out that Esau had forgave him. Esau had put that thing behind him. Not only did Esau have forgave him, God had blessed Esau. Esau said, I am blessed. God had made me a millionaire. I am blessed abundant. See, when you forgive, God can bless you. Anyone understand my voice, if you're holding grudges, you're holding back your blessings. You're holding back your miracles. You're holding back your healing. You're holding back your deliverance. You're holding back your breakthrough. You're holding back your joy. You're holding back your prosperity. God want to do great things for you. That little bit he's doing now, how much more will he do if you let it go? Esau let that thing go. Esau forgave Jacob for what he did, and God blessed him abundant. I mean, bless his socks off just because he forgave his brother. You've got to forgive him. Let's talk about Joseph now. Look at Joseph, how his brother did him, how they sold him into Egypt. Oh, my God. Some, some All his teenage years are gone now because his brother sold him into Egypt. Oh, I, I just took away all his youth for years. And here he is now in bondage in the house of, of, of someone he don't even want to be there. But he's there anyway there. And he bound. All his freedom taken away. But nevertheless, he kept his integrity. He didn't let what his brother do to him hinder his blessing. The Bible said God just blessed him right there in part of the house. God just blessed him. To the man put him in charge of the house, God just blessed him. All he put his hand to the dude while he was there, he blessed the man because God blessed him. Honey, when you let the, when you let go of forgiveness, God will bless you. You hear me? And then not only will God listen to this here, not only will God bless you when you let go of forgiveness, those that hurt you, those that did you wrong, those that talked about you, huh? So what? Did it run away with your husband? It ran away with your wife. Uh-huh. Broke up your relationship. They supposed to have been your friend. Oh, I know it hurt, but let it go. Let it go. Give it to God and let God bless you. That was they lost anyway. That was 80-20. They thought they got 80, but they ended up getting 20. You the 80. Fix up your hair. Dress yourself up. Adorn yourself like a bride. And go on and let God bless you again with somebody that will appreciate you. Don't be sitting around there 
not forgiving your own self and talking about what did I do? You ain't did nothing. You could have painted your hair green, it wouldn't have done no good. You could have painted your hair yellow, it wouldn't have done no good. You could have put it in plaid, it wouldn't have done no good. It wasn't nothing you did to make him lead you. It was nothing you did to make her lead you. It was just lust in the heart. It was their lack of understanding. It was them letting the devil blind them so that they walked out of that house, leaving you with the children. Yeah, yeah, the pastor, but he left me with some children. I know he did, but forgive him anyway. I know it hurt. Go ahead and get your last tear out and cry your last time and get up and, 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 and take life by the horn. For this is the day that the Lord had made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Get up and live. Now, you've been sitting there with the curtain pulled, sitting in the dark, waiting for him to come back. It's been five years since he ain't coming back. Sir, it's been five years she's not coming back. Adorn yourself. Get up. Pull that curtain and let the sun come out in your room in the morning and get up and live. Everyday life, get up and live. Take life by the horn and live. Life is short. You can mourn yourself to death. Somebody mourning, but you need to let it go. It's over with. Live. God ain't made no mistake. What God did, he did. Now you get up and live. So get up and live. So Joseph could have had an animosity. He could have walked around with bitterness in his heart. He could have walked around all cold and mad. His brother was scared because they thought that now that the daddy was dead that Joseph was going to avenge them. But Joseph told him, am I God? You meant it for my bad. Yes, you were wrong what you did, but God meant it for a good. Okay, nothing happened unless God allowed it. I didn't say God did it. I didn't say God wanted it to happen. I said, can't nothing happen except God allowed it. But just remember that if you've been born again, just remember that if you were saved, all things does work together for good. It is. I'm a witness. Been serving God over forty some years. Many times I couldn't look back and tell you that now, because it didn't look like it was gonna work for my good. But it's working for my good. God got your enemy. It's not your responsibility to get get even with your enemy. It's not your responsibility to seek the your responsibility is forgive your enemy. Bible says, pray for them that hate you. Come on, Pastor. Come on, Apostle. That's hard. I know it is. You got to do it in the Holy Ghost. That's why you need the Holy Ghost, because He the one help you do that. You can't do that in the natural. Pray for them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use They despitefully use you now. Uh, love them that hate you. Love them. That don't mean you got to go to their party and hug their neck. It just means you can't walk around with unforgiveness and malice and anger in your heart toward them. You got to love them anyway. Love them in the Lord. Otherwise, love them by love them by not holding grudges, not holding nothing over their head. Just let it go. Don't talk about it no more. Let God have it. Pray for them that despite you. But pastor, apostle, they are despitefully, I know, I know they despitefully did what they did, but God's going to fix it if you let it go. They're not going to get away. Oh, no, they're not going to get away because you belong to God. you God, child, and God refused to let it. He said, visit the mind, said the Lord. Now, remember, God said that. God ain't no lying God. He said, visit the mind, said the Lord. I will repay God going to repay your enemy for what they did to you. Some of you have been hurt right now. Some of you that look like they're getting away with it. You, you look like they hurt you and God ain't doing nothing about it. Can I ease your mind this afternoon? God is doing something about it. God ain't no lying God. He said, better than mine, he meant just that. You just don't know that God is doing something about it. It looks like they're getting away with it now. It, 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 it looks like they're winning, but they ain't winning. It looks like they're talking about you and, and God ain't doing nothing about it. But, yes, he is. 
They just don't know. That payday comes. See, God is a merciful God. He's long-suffering and he's patient. And sometimes we want God to just hurt them. Oh, you know we're telling the truth. Sometimes we want God to just hurt them, just drop a brick on them or something, let them back into a car or something else. But that's not God. He's gracious and he's merciful. He's long-suffering. He's patient. What if he had not been patient with us? What if he had not been long-suffering to us? Then we wouldn't be here today. So I encourage anybody and everybody this afternoon, search your heart. See whether or not that you have any unforgiveness in you because it's going to hinder you when you stand before God in glory. And you mess around and hear him say depart. See, people, want, they don't understand that script when they say depart for me, I know you're not, for your work is in iniquity. What it meant was you walk, you've been all this labor, you're doing singing in the choir, preaching, prophesying, ministering, Sunday school, whatever position you hold in the church, you've been doing all this work, but yet you have some unforgiveness in your heart. Yet you're man with malice in your heart. Yet you walk around with bitterness in your heart. That is called iniquity. You got all this iniquity in your heart because you won't forgive them because you're so mad. I heard someone said the other day, told me, you know what? I got to die and go to hell before I forgive them. I said, yes, you sure will. That's exactly where you're going. So that won't no big old broth for state, but you may, like you said, something big because that's exactly where you're going to end up. If you got that attitude that you're going to die and go to hell before you forgive them, then you're going to die and go to hell. You sent yourself there by the word of your mouth, overcome by the word of our testimony. Be careful what we say because you ain't, you really, you ain't doing nothing but endangering your soul. God don't want you to die and go to hell. He said he wished that none perish, but all come to repentance. That's why he wants you to forgive them. Let it go. Forgive them. Put it on the blood of Jesus Christ yourself and clear your, clear your conscience. Clear your, clear your relationship with God so God can open the windows of heaven and pull you out blessings. Your blessings have been hindered. Your health has been hindered. Your prosperity has been hindered. Your success has been hindered. Your relationship with your family members. Here it is. You've been blessed with family members and ain't talked to them in years because of one little mistake. Be bold enough. Be the big one. Go to them. Call them on the phone. Tell them that you're sorry. They may not agree back with you. They may not act like they care about what you say. But go clear your record. Go and apologize. If you're guilty, you go and apologize. If you're not guilty, go and try to fix the relationship. Get together. Tell them let's have a family reunion. Bring the family together so that God can bless you all because there ain't nothing like family. Family is one of the most family. Church started at family. Church started at home. It didn't start in the church. It started in the house. We used to have the, 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 the prayer meetings at home. We used to have these services in the house. This is where service started at. But now we don't talk to one another. We, we, we to ourselves, live right next door to a family member. Been to, and a month went by, a year that went by, and we didn't look out the door to see if they over there. We didn't went knocking on the door to see how they're doing. It's time that family a reunion take place in the spirit. We best that we'd have been born again. It's time that we forgive. It's time that we walk, and I keep talking about it because that's the message this evening. God wants me to pound this thing in. It's time to forgive. So don't sit there and say, well, it ain't me. I ain't going to them. I don't care what apostles said. They don't come to me. I ain't going to them. Well, you sit right there. That's totally up to you. But you want to have to answer to God because you can mess around and hear from the apostles this evening. So the Bible said the word will not go out and come back, but what will it accomplish what the city ought to do? It bless you not. It hurt me and it hurt me now. And don't do something about it. You, you accountable now. I don't, I'm through. I'm fit to wipe my hand. I don't got the blood off my hand now. 
because I don't gave it to you. I don't tell you what the Lord said. He said, somebody need to forgive this afternoon. He said, somebody, blessings have been held up. He said, and when you forgive, oh, my God, God going to open the windows of heaven, and he's going to pull you out of blessing. He's going to blow your mind and excite your joy. When you forgive, oh, my God, you're going to receive such an anointing. God, even your gift has been hindered. Even your anointing has been hindered. He called it your unforgiveness. He really wanted to move in such ways. He wanted he wanted to use you in such ways to call the eyes to come open, the lane to walk, and the move to speak. He wanted to use you in such ways that the dead get up and live again, uh, that people get up off, off the bed of affliction. But because you won't allow him, because of that unforgiveness, you will hinder the anointing in your life. There's no agree to the anointing. You know, God wants to take the higher eyes. He wants to take it to deeper depth. So I encourage you. Take an inventory of yourself. Do you have unforgiveness in you? Do you have malice in you? Do you have bitterness in you? Are you holding grudges? Are you still mad at somebody? Are you still angry at somebody? Every time they call their name, it bothers you. That tells you there's something going on. Every time they call their name, you get upset. You ready to talk about it the rest of the day? That tells you there's something going on. Now you take an inventory. You got to take an inventory. The Bible said the particle son came to his cell. You got to come to your cell and ask yourself a question. Am I still mad at someone? Am I still angry at someone? Is there still malice in my heart towards someone? Do I have unforgiveness in my heart towards someone? Is this going to stand between a witness against me and judgment when I stand before God? Is he going to say, well done? Or is he going to say, I didn't do well? Is he going to say, well done, or, he, or is he going to say, you didn't do well? Because if you go stand before God with that unforgiveness in your heart, he's going to say, you didn't done well. So, again, I'm going to bring it to a close. I want you to really consider this message this afternoon, the spiritual danger of not forgiving because it could cost you your soul. Amen. Apostle. Okay. <laughs> Someone was at the door, but that's so very important what you said that people need to have forgiveness in their heart. Can you say a prayer for those who are hardened and in hard to come in and give them a clean heart and a clean spirit? Yes, precious Father. The message this afternoon was to all of us. Even I, even myself, I had to partake. I had to taste. I had to search myself. You see whether or not God has any forget unforgiveness in my heart towards anybody, God. I ask you to look down upon the radio world, God. Everyone on the sound of my voice, everyone that is listening afternoon, God. You be the judge, Lord. The Bible said if our heart condemn us, you are greater than our heart. Because that means you showing us something. And and we don't need to shake it off. We don't need to push it aside. If you are showing us something, then there must be something there, God. But the Bible says if our heart condemn us not. Then we have confidence when we pray that our prayer been heard. So, God, if our heart is condemning us, if our heart is telling us that, yes, we got something unforgiveness, we got malice, we got bitterness, then, God, I ask you to, to help us to, to give it to you, Lord. I ask you to send your anointed. Let your glory rest upon that of our heart. Help us, oh, God. We need your help. The disciples say help our unbelief. Help us in this area, God, where we're bitter. Help us in this area where we, 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 where we want to respond with unforgiveness. 
We want to respond with malice. We don't want to let it go. It hurts so bad, we want to hold on to it. Then held on to it all this long time. Help us, God, on the radio world. You help somebody. You bring some relationship back together. Bring families back together. Bring marriages back together. Bring brothers and sisters back together. Bring children back to their parents and parents back to their children. In the name of Jesus, God, family members, cousins and in-laws and outlaws and father-in-laws and brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws, God, bring relationship back. Bring family reunion back together, God. Kill this malice, Lord. It's over with. Yes, it hurt. It was wrong that what was done, God, but it's in the past now. Let us forget the things that are behind us. Reach forward to the things that are before. Prayers for the mark of the pride of a higher calling in Christ Jesus, God. Strengthen them where we're weak, God. Build strengthen them where they're weak. Build them up that they may be torn down. Give them the grace they need, God, to be the bigger person, to go to that individual, Lord, to tell them I'm sorry, to ask for forgiveness, oh God, that you might bring restoration, God, in the name of you. Do it, I pray, and the glory shall be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Truly, that's a powerful word, Dad, because I know for myself, when I forgave others, then peace came over me, and then soon I forgot about it altogether. I almost forgot the person as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's why it's so very important that once you said, okay, well, God help me to forgive, and you forgive, you will forget. So I thank you so much. I appreciate that word. I want to say to the radio audience that we're in our fast from 12 midnight to 12 noon, again around the world, in Eastern Standard Time here in the United States at 12 midnight to 12 noon tomorrow. We are in our fast for our Good Friday service. We're looking for God to give an outpouring, a fresh anointing, and a word that will just pierce our heart and bring us a fresh and anew to him. So we want to encourage you again. You heard Apostle Lachemy, the man with the wisdom gift, the burning bush, and we want you to tune in tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends, we're going to have our Good Friday service at 7 o'clock. Dad, what's the name of your church? Burning Bush, not the nomination, Deliverance Church. Again, Dad? The Burning Bush, not the nomination, the Deliverance Church. Where is it located? Irwin, North Carolina. Irwin, North Carolina. If they would like to get in touch with you for prayer or invite you out to preach, what is your phone number? 910-658-5206. Okay, you have heard Apostle Alexander Lockamy, my dad. Is there any closing remarks before we pray, play our favorite tune that we won't complain? No, I say again to each and every one, don't let the message fall to the ground. Search your heart. This is personal. You have to do this yourself. Search your heart and see whether or not there be any unforgiveness in it, and God will forgive you. Amen and amen. God bless you again. You've been listening to The Burning Bush with Apostle Alexander Lockamy. Now let us close out with Reverend Paul Jones, and I won't complain. God bless you all. Amen. Today, oh, I'll just say, 
thank you, Lord. I've been lied on, but thank you, Lord. I've been talked about, but thank you, Lord. I've been misunderstood, but thank you, Lord. You might be sick, body rocking with pain, but thank you, Lord. The bills are due. Don't know where the money coming from, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want I won't complain. It's dry. It's dry. It's dry. It's dry. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.